We're feeling femme in the queendom, and there's an elf in the barn. I'm Van Connor. And I'm Adam Ball, and this is Off Screen, your seven day guide to everything movies. Boom. Hello and welcome back to the show then. We've got four brand new movies. Well, I say brand new. One of them's not, but but sort of is. All will be explained shortly, but we're going to talk about them uh, very soon with Van, of course, who's got to see all of them already. Uh, but first, as you know, we, we've kind of started to do now, it's time for just a bit of a catch up, really. You all right? Yeah, yeah. How are you doing this week, man? You all right? I am, uh, yeah, pretty good after um, a date at the cinema at the weekend. You had a date at the cinema? What did you, what did you see? At the, oh, my God, please tell me you didn't go and see Napoleon. Because, I mean, I can attest it's, it's not a great date. <laughs> I took a date to Napoleon. I mean, admittedly, it was the premiere, so it came with some clout that just about made up for the fact that it was Napoleon. But, uh, yeah, how was your date? What did you see? Yeah, it, we were going to see Napoleon, but it was on too late. Okay. So we ended up going to see the new Nicolas Cage movie, which I've oh, totally no. forgotten what it's called. There the, you go. The that says plan? a lot. The retirement That's plan. the one, yes. Yeah. Um, you, yeah. you saw that on theatrical? Oh, my God, my friend. I, I, I mean, I wish I could. Good. I just want to reach through this, this like you know, video screen and, and hug you somehow, like in, in and comfort you. Like you paid like money to see that movie. Oh my god, I'm sorry, man. Let me just check. That is the retirement plan. Is the one where everyone dreams yeah. about him? Yeah. Oh no, no, that's the dream scenario. That I would. The, love it was. To I see. was going to say. Oh, oh, don't, don't see it. <laughs> Oh, that looks right up my... It's an A24, baby. How are we on there? Oh, oh look, my... They, they, uh, weren't, they weren't giving this out is my chance for that. I'll give a review for this now, shall I? Please, so basically, yeah, it had absolutely no point to it whatsoever. <laughs> Literally, it was Nicolas Cage. It was the world around him kept yeah, dreaming yeah. about him. And that's it. That literally is it. There's no... There is no point to the whole movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, there's not a point to Napoleon either, if we're being really honest. But, you know, I'm sure it's coming in the four-hour cut. We'll get there. But, uh, oh, wow, so you, so, I, so I took a date to Napoleon. You took a date to, was it Nicolas Cage's dream scenario? Like, we're, we're two for two between the two of us this uh, this past fortnight, man. Wow, we're doing well. But, I know, right. Uh, I mean, we literally spent the whole movie just laughing at his hair because he's got this fake bald patch mm. and it, it's just bad it's very he's, bad but we're the only yeah, people in the cinema as well gra- he's sports some great ones over the years but at least yeah you at least have the place to yourself i'm sure you behaved well so yeah uh, right let's 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 uh, let's move on then to uh, our first review of the week and, and i wouldn't recommend this i would not recommend i want, I want to underline this would not recommend this for a date movie either Okay. Un- unless you're un- unless you're dating someone very highbrow that you would like to uh, demonstrate your uh, your appreciation of uh, of drag arts and socio political commentary on LGBT rights in uh, in Putin's Russia, which is what we've got first with Queendom. Yes, um, I, I, it's nowhere near as complicated as I just made that sound. So this is the story of uh, Gina Martin, a uh, transgender drag artist who is a university pupil and uh, takes part takes part in art based performance art based protests using really outlandish like almost alien like 
you know, costumes and otherworldly visuals, things like that. And really incredible stuff. Like, it's documentary as well, this. And what it chronicles uh, Gina's expulsion from the university, um, how she deals with, how, how she, they, sorry, would deal with, um, they, they were their families, uh, that the strange grandparents who live in a more of a small town environment and, and come from a place that, you know, once upon a time was, the, you know, the, the setting of a Soviet gulag. So everyone who's, you know, grown up and raised in this this small town has this sort of defeatist, beaten down mentality, like they don't deserve anything in the world because we are this. You know, we were this. And and it has that. And there is, you know, this this rise of I've Gina Martin trying to rise of oh, look, I can be more. I just I just need to speak my my art I speak my art to the world, effectively. And uh, how this you know jives with, first of all, the day-to-day of just simply trying to do this in Russia, just trying to walk down the street in Russia, and the absolutely next-level abuse, like literally not being able to walk a meter, you know, before the next level of abuse uh, kind of a process. And, but also how that then ratchets up as um, Russia goes to war with the Ukraine, as new anti-LGBT legislation starts to come in under Putin's government, and things start to really reach this incredibly ma- this in- incredibly looming boiling point um, at the end of it all. Um, have you, you might have seen Gina Martin before. I'm not sure, Adam. Have you ever seen Gina Martin visually? Uh, I've seen the front cover to this movie. I've seen what mm. you mean by the spectacular costume and makeup and stuff. But no, apart from that, I've not seen anything. I mean, yeah, this is like Bowie, Bowie level, you know, extreme. How yeah. Bowie was in the 70s, this would be the 21st century equivalent. And uh, it's quite a voice. It's a really interesting voice, um, you know, to, 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 to take from the screen. Um, this at once quite introverted, quite shy individual person, but also someone who, you know, can do this in, you know, one of the harshest, least receptive environments on Earth. And stand there, stone-faced, just completely stone-faced, whilst both tourists and haters, you know, and sometimes both, you know, simultaneously, are, you know, up in their, up in their grill with the camera phone. And, and it's, it's an extraordinary story. It, it obviously goes into increasingly harrowing places as we start to reach more recent history. I think it starts in about uh, 2019. And obviously, as we start then to go into the conflict with Ukraine and the new laws, things like that, this starts to really reach just you know nail biting levels of tension. It's I say really suspenseful. It's really gripping, and Gina themselves uh, is quite a captivating figure, both you know in persona and out of. I think it's, you, I think you should watch this. It's really interesting. Not not as a date movie, obviously, Adam, but <laughs> just, just watch it. Yeah. So it's not all in Russian then, so there's a bonus for me. Oh, no, I mean, some of it, you know, obviously some, some bits are in English here and there, but it is, you know, subtitled, it is, about, it is you know, a Russian. Uh, also, part of it takes place, not to give anything away, but part of it does t- take place in uh, Paris as well, in France. So, uh, you know, there's a bit of French in there. But yes, just expect a multilingual documentary, but a fascinating one. I was going to say, I would imagine watching something like this, once mm. you've seen it, you certainly leave thinking that you've... That you've learned something as well as appreciate the country that we live in. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing that I, I, I really appreciate about this as well is how fearless the filmmaking is behind this. I forget the name of the cinematographer, but the director is uh, Agnia uh, Gal- Galdanova. Galdanova. Agnia Galdanova, I think. Um, and the way in which the pair of them are literally side by side, they, they seem to be flanking with reasonable distance, obviously. There's a reasonable amount of physical objectivity, but, you know, providing quite a subjective view. You know, being able to film from quite a subjective vantage point by standing and literally flanking uh, Gina Marvin, you know, almost as a sort of triangle between the three, as these, you know, you know, bigoted homophobes descend upon them on the street, and, like that, and at the same time not being able to do anything for it, and you can and you can see the the fear and the trembling in the camera, and it's absolutely riveting stuff. It's a, a genuinely breathtaking, you know, slice of life for a life that decidedly is not your own. Obviously, this is not a life that you know you or I would necessarily be able to uh, to appreciate. But the vantage point you take from this is wow. Just imagine what it takes of a person to just you know to to to, to muster up and do that every day, both in front of the camera and behind it. This is really something. Absolutely, I guess they are risking their lives to a point doing this yeah. in Russia. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you want to make your own mind up and you want to watch it and uh, learn something, Queendom is in cinemas from today. Uh, Still to come, we've got There's Something in the Barn to talk about. And next, we'll see what Van thought of Femme, which is out in cinemas as well today. Stay there. Hello and welcome back to the show then. We're going to talk about Femme in just a moment. But first of all, uh, Van, you've got some movie news, which actually oh. is quite shocking. Yeah, this this kind of took both of us by surprise. So um, this is Spinal Tap 2 is a thing? Like, I know technically <laughs> technically there is a, a, a This is Spinal Tap 2. There was a film that sort of followed on or was made from Deleted Material. I forget what the thing was, but it's a couple of years after it. The original was 84, and I think there's something about 86 or 87. Uh, but yeah, This is Spinal Tap 2 is happening. So Rob Reiner revealed this um, whilst, of all things, whilst on the Richard Herring podcast, the Richard Herring, <laughs> of all the places they were going to drop that, the Richard Herring podcast. I mean, if you was going to just give it to any old podcast, and we're right here. That's all I'm saying. Right here, Rob Ryan. Come and drop your, your bombshells on us. Um, Damn so right. The idea here is you're going to get the original cast returning. So Harry Shearer, uh, Michael McKean, and uh, Christopher Guest. Who else was in it? Uh, oh, and you had Rob Reiner himself as the documentarian. So the idea is that this sees um, one of them, the widow of one of the band, receive a contract or find a contract whilst clearing the estate that reveals that they owe someone one last concert and that if they don't perform the concert, they will be sued for like 100 million or something like that. So the band have to reunite decades later to do this. And it's going to be shot in the style, apparently, of Scorsese's The Last Waltz. So it's going to have that documentarian, that, that, that refined Scorsese documentary look, but it's going to be Rob Reiner, both behind at, behind the camera and on camera as the documentary. We've got the whole band back together. I can't wait for this. Are you a Spinal Tap fan? Um, I wouldn't say fan. I saw it ages and ages ago, like 15, 20 years ago. Um, so, but I, li- I remember liking it, um, and I quite mm. like this whole premise that they're bringing it back and there's not anybody missing. It's just literally the whole band back together. I, I like that. I think this is going to be a great thing. Well, I mean, I would suggest instantly go go and revisit Spinal Tap again, like yeah. now at the, at the age you are now, and I think you'll re- there's a lot more you'll appreciate. Uh, also, if you've never seen it, Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping, 
which is very much this century's equivalent. And it stars Andy Samberg and, and the rest of The Lonely Island. They also write the movie. They recorded something like 40-odd songs for it, and so most of them have like wow. proper music videos. And, it's, and he plays this... It's a mockumentary, again. But it's about this character who's sort of a combination of Justin Timberlake and Justin Bieber. And it's absolutely brilliant. And the cameos in it will astonish you. Like, genuinely, they get like Simon Cowell and Mariah Carey in it. It's absolutely brilliant. It's, it's really worth And they're all in on the gag. I mean, Ringo Starr gets probably the best line of the whole movie. But yeah, it's, it's an absolute bang. So, Pop Star Never Stop. I'll, 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 I'll sort you out with a, a link for that. God, check that one out. So, Spinal Tap, revisit pop star and then of course no release date for it yet it was meant to be march next year but because of the strikes and everything it's been shelved uh it's been sort of pushed back uh so there is a release date coming but yes this is spinal tattoo is is happening anyway um very very different tone of movie to talk about yeah. now I, I gotta say did you watch the trailer for this adam no, no, I haven't seen it. No, I, I literally know uh, nothing about this one. You literally, I'm about to say, I thought, yeah, because from the look on your face when I said very different change of tone, I thought, oh God, he knows, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't. Right. This is this is one I'm going to warn you. I watched this on the screen link at home, and I there was there was a point which I, I'm going to have to close the curtains because I don't want the little old lady who lives upstairs to be like leaving the building, walking past my living room window, and <laughs> we we never hear from her again. You know what I mean? Like that, this this could get bad. So the movie is called Femme, best described as an erotic revenge thriller. Starring George Mackay and I think it's Nathan Nathan Stewart Jarrett, I believe his name is, who's very much a sort of that guy from that thing at this stage. Very much is is a familiar face if you've just sort of seen your spread of, you know, the British output. You know what I mean? Like the BBC and your ITV sort of output. You sort of know his face from from around the way. And um, he plays uh, a, a transgender drag artist. Because this is a thing, this is a theme for this week. We start the, we start the week off strong. Um, he plays uh, Jules, who's a transgender uh, drag artist, who one night uh, leaves his friends in the club, uh, goes across the road to get cigarettes, and becomes, on, literally on the walk back, becomes the victim of a homophobic hate crime. Uh, months go by... And Jules is, you know, barely walking off, you know, the, the, the sort of, you know, this, this attack is traumatized by it. And they find themselves, uh, you know, uh, happening upon one of the attackers one day at a cruising venue. So the homophobic attacker happens to be in the cruising venue. You can sort of paint a picture from that little equation. Uh, said attacker is uh, George Mackay from uh, 1917 and Pride funnily enough, so he really has worked both sides of this one now. And um, no sooner has Jules say discovered um, George Mackay in, in this club, the pair hook up. And this then leads Jules down this dark, twisted path, pursuing revenge to actually capture his new lover on video and publicly out him, but also, at the same time, finding themselves drawn into his dark and twisted life. Have a listen to the clip, and imagine lots of red neon. Just just think red neon whilst you're... Uh, <laughs> red neon and lots and lots of sex. Think that whilst you're listening to this clip. You're letting them win. How you want to deal with that? Uh, 
hasn't really felt like the real jewels since the attack. Yeah, I'm a little tight. You want a big man to treat you like a little Maybe. I don't know what's going on with you. What do you mean? The clothes, the posturing. I just miss my friend. You keep this side of your life completely separate. I'm a private person. I'm a nice guy. If you disrespect me, what? I get that. Yeah? I'm the same. Are you now? So, I mean, this is obviously listed as a thriller. Uh, is mm-hmm. there a lot of that kind of jumpy, on the edge of your seat, thoughtful? You know, do you leave the movie thinking, whoa? Do you know that the weird part was? I, I did not know. I mean, I think I'd heard it referred to as a thriller and then forgotten it. So I sat, watched it, and when I was, you know, pulling up the IMDb afterwards, I noticed the bit where it was, you know, how it was being touted as a revenge thriller. I'm like, yes, actually. I hadn't considered it, but yes, it is. It's very much like a pacey, fueled character drama. Basically how this plays. I mean, you could you could very much see this as a stage play, except for the fact that it looks incredible. Like I say, drenched in that sexy red neon and, you know, and all the, and all, the all those great, you know, sort of the, the focus pulls and all the framing of it. It's, it's, it's a great looking movie. It really is. Um, it's, it's and, and does not, definitely does not skimp on, uh, on the sexual content. Definitely does not. I'd be honest, uh, George Mackay as well, plays probably my favourite screen depiction of terrifying thug since, oh, because Jack O'Connell in Eden Lake 2008. And and George Mackay has to go to the extreme having the ridiculous neck tattoo as well, like the full, you know, Joker smile around the neck. He's terrifying in this. Like, really, as you could hear it in the clip, like, he... He gives you a bit, a bit, a bit of a chill, and I wouldn't have expected that from George Mackay because he's kind of so lovable. It's nearly two and a half hours long, Van, and you've not mentioned that, so I can only assume that means you no, thought this was absolutely brilliant. Oh, it says on my screen that it was two, nearly two and a half yeah. hours. Obviously, okay, that's there's, wrong. There's a, there's a bunch of movies called Femme, I should point out. It's a very <laughs> widely used title. I know why you didn't see the trailer now. Ah, There we go. But you haven't mentioned the time, so that says to me that you actually really, really enjoyed this. Oh, 99 and it breezed by. 99 minutes, breezed by. But I'm, I'm burying the lead on all of this. Uh, Nathan Stewart-Jarrett, absolutely fantastic lead genuinely breathtaking performance fantastic in this Mackay I love Mackay and he's very very good here and like I say my favourite on screen depiction of you know badass thug since Jack O'Connell in 2018 like but do not want to bury the lead that Nathan Stewart Jarrett oh my god amazing in this movie Throw this man all the work now honestly snap him up if you can get him on your project get him now because yes he's going places totally and it'll be cheaper now than in five years. Cheaper now, cheaper now, yeah. Before he gets the Marvel gig. Get him now before he's in Marvel, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, if you want to watch Femme, uh, if Van has sold it to you and uh, you want to go and enjoy it as much as he did, it's in cinemas from today. Okay. Um, I, again, another one I don't know a massive amount about. There's something in the barn. That's got to be a horror. Oh, you think? Stay tuned <laughs> after this. <laughs> Thank you.
Hello and welcome back to the show then. Uh, we've still got two movies to talk about. We're going to get a bit festive in a moment. I know it's only just turned to... Is it December yet? Because we're recording this on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, so it will be December 1st, Friday. Right, yes. Yeah. So it's yeah. okay to be festive. It's fine as long yeah. as we're into December. So we'll get we'll get to that in a moment. Um, we've got some movie news to talk about first, though. Um, people have been buying something very unexpectedly. I mean, yeah, this is in the face of the argument that people don't care about physical media anymore. This week, a certain film was released on 4K UHD disc, so ultra-high definition disc, you know, for your lovely, shiny 4K UHD TV that so many of us have now. I'm very proud of mine, in fact. Um, but, yeah, a certain film came out, and it sold so phenomenally that there there came a global shortage. And uh, and Universal now have to manufacture more stock of this. They wound up fueling the black market. The black market had to get involved. So resellers started flipping copies of this film for double and triple the prices within a day of it being released. Do you know what the film was, Adam? And I'll give you a hint, it wasn't Barbie. Oppenheimer. It was Oppenheimer. Bloody Oppenheimer. So it turns out... There were wow. enough cinephiles in the world taken in by Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer that they actually managed to bleed the planet dry of 4K discs. So that's not physical media. Who would ever yeah. seen it coming? Yeah. That goes to show, you know, that the old retro ways of, of, of taking in media are still there. People still buy vinyl, yeah. you know? So, you know, that's yeah. good. Well, okay. I, think well, I, I think I heard I heard the number ten million battered around somewhere. I've not verified it, but I think it might have been ten. And if it is ten million, that's hilarious. But yeah. uh, bear in mind that Oppenheimer recently closed out its box office run. It's worth pointing out with I think about fifty five mil short of a billion dollars. So you know what, true cinema remains intact. I think I would have not. I would have oh, seen it but uh, hats off to Nolan, they did it. A near three-hour black-and-white drama about the atomic bomb. And it's clearly going to want to be nominated for Best Picture. So, you know, fair play. Cinema is back after COVID, <laughs> finally. Um, <laughs> right, so let's crack on with our next uh, movie. There's something in the barn, which, you know, I figured out at the end of uh, the last part of the show that this is definitely a horror. So talk to me about it, Van. What did you think? I mean, this is decidedly not going to be nominated for Best Picture. I mean, I'm going to give you that straight off the bat. That's not to say it's not good. I had a lot of fun with it. But, okay, so this is new movie from uh, Magnus Martins, who I believe was the director on the TV adaptation of Terry Gilliam's 12 Monkeys, um, which I, I was quite a fan of. And, uh, yeah, I don't think I finished that. I would love to, I should go and finish the final season of 12 Monkeys. That show was badass. Anyway, beside the point. So this is the story of an American family who inherits a uh, a, a farmhouse in in Norway. You know, the, the sort of distant uncle passes away, and he'd been he'd been quite fond of the dad. They'd been close in his younger years before the uncle had then moved away to Norway, and he's left in this house. So you know, the, the now grown up nephew who has grown up to become Martin Starr, aka Gilfoyle from Silicon Valley, aka uh, Tom Holland's Spider Man's uh, school teacher, the one. 
with the glasses and the the long hair and the beard. You know that guy. He yeah. always does yeah. that voice. He's in uh, not he's in a bunch of the Appetite movies like Knocked Up and things like that as well. You know, uh, Scorsese on Coke. They call him at one point in uh, in in Knocked Up, I believe. Um, <laughs> he's the dad, like a Clark Griswold like dad in a way, sort of you know embarrassing naff dad. Um, two kids, you know, widowed with two kids, but he has remarried. His sort of you know equally sassy very much his equal hot you know unnecessarily hot wife who his kids maybe have a bit of tension with because they're not quite accepted as a stepmother the youngest son has no sooner settled in than he wanders into the barn and there he discovers as the title suggests something have a listen (laughs) there's something in the barn what do you mean something what do you think happened? Probably some kids. Woo! That's a barn elf. Are they real? <laughs> yes. First off, the barn elf doesn't like changes to the barn. That looks good. Secondly, he hates bright artificial light. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> and he hates loud noises. Ho, 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 ho. Huh? Motion activated. No! This is really bad. You're in Norway now, okay? Nothing bad ever happens here. That's right, it's Norwegian barn elves, people! We're going Norwegian (laughs) barn elves on this one! I've actually got a a bit of the trailer running next to you as we're talking right now, and it does look pretty weird but fun. It's mental. I loved it. It's very much that sort of... Do you ever see Krampus in 2016? Uh, Michael Doherty's uh, uh, Krampus that had the... The naming's about... Yeah, it had the family stuck in the house over Christmas, and they were besieged by like evil Santa and all his minions, and it was like Jack, evil jack-in-the-boxes and gingerbread men that would bite your face off. Brilliant movie. Very Joe Dante. This is going for that, but isn't quite there on the fun level. It doesn't quite get there. The, the, the gore effects and everything are really funny and the humour's there. But it just it's just not quite got the formula down. If anything, it's too European in its sensibilities, I think. It, it, it's, I think, a bit too distant. It keeps you slightly too afar to really get to... But what, if you can find a way in with it, it's quite fun, and I did. And I, I had you say you've seen the you, you've got the footage playing on the screen in front of you. You're seeing all of the all of the uh, the, the little people with the axes. And, yes, I was going to yeah. say the little elves. <laughs> say it's kind of so it's sort of like Krampus or Small Soldiers, but Christmassy Norwegian, you know, barn elves besieging them. Um, I, I say there's there's Goofy last we had. It's not Gremlins, but nothing ever is gonna be, is it? You know, nothing. Nope. Nothing's gonna be Gremlins. Yeah. But it's it's kind of play. It's trying. It's it's a worthy enough entry in that sandbox. Think of it as Christmas Puppet Master, if you will, a Christmas a Christmas flavored version of of the Puppet Master series. And like I say, you've got you know Martin Starr in there, and he's a barrel of blast. There is one actor I want to single out as well. Um, oh God, what's his name? They're not gonna. They're not gonna give me. Oh, here we are. His name. And please forgive my terrible attempt at Norwegian. This is uh, Kali Hellevang Larsen, who stars in, who stars in this movie as uh, Tor Aga, 
uh, who's basically the sort of local that they befriend. And he's the one who you could hear in the clip giving the exposition to the kid. Basically, their version of don't feed them after midnight, don't do this, don't do that. So their version of it, as you can hear in the clip, which is, oh, no artificial light, no loud noises, no change, you know, things like that. He's great as that character because he's sort of a goofy stoner type, but he's kind of meta and self-aware about how weird all this is. Bags of fun. And I, I recommend this. I do recommend this. Like I say, it's not one of the greats of this subgenre, but it's a four-star good time. You will come up. You'll remember this like after the weekend. You'll come away and go, yeah, that was a good laugh. And then next Christmas, when you're looking for like an alternative Christmas movie to pop on as a date movie kind of a thing, this is something I think you'd go back to. You know, you get those movies like Krampus, like Better Watch Out or Violent Night that do something new with a Christmas movie, even something like The Night Before or a very Harold Kumar 3D Christmas that do something inventive with the formulaic Christmas movie. And I think this is one that you would kind of add to that pile. Say, it's not one of the greats of the, you know, small creature feature, you know, subgenre, but definitely a worthy inclusion on that alternative Christmas movie pile. Well, I mean, the big question before we finish up on this one is, Mm. after watching it, did you feel Christmassy? Did I feel... You know what? I really did, but only because I get to review what we're going to talk about next, so I had to watch that straight (laughs) afterwards. Right, so if you want to watch it, you can. Uh, It is in cinemas from today. There's something in the barn. Um, Next, then. And this is the one I've been looking forward to this week because... The original of this is one of my favourite Christmas movies ever. We're going to see what Van thought of Elf 20th Anniversary, which is also in cinemas from today. We'll talk about it next. Stay there. Hello and welcome back to the show with our final movie to talk about. And it's going to be no surprise to you. It's a Christmas movie. It's the 1st of December. It is Elf 20th Anniversary. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But... um. Van, I want, to, I want you to tell me a little bit more about the monsterverse that you've been going on about. Yeah, so, yeah, okay. Do you remember, this is a franchise. We never give this this franchise the time of day, really. So there's a new TV show that's come out recently called Monarch, Legacy of Monsters. Have you seen this This about Monarch, Legacy of Monsters? That's no. So it stars Kurt Russell and uh, and and his son, Wyatt Russell. And they play the same character in two different time periods. Okay, so in the 1950s, you have Wyatt Russell playing a young version of a character named Lee Shaw. And then in 2015, you have Kurt Russell as Lee Lee Shaw. And this is set in the universe of the Godzilla and King Kong series. Oh, yes. yes. That's not even the best part. It's made by Apple, so it's got just a truckload of money being just funneled through it. And they are spending it all on screen. So they are not shying away. They're actually bringing Kong and Godzilla and all. They are on screen in this movie. This is properly set around those movies. So uh, Gareth Edwards' Godzilla in 2014. uh, You know, you've got to watch that one. Uh, There's Godzilla King of the Monsters, which is the sequel from 2019. There's Kong Skull Island, which is the best movie out of the whole bunch from 2017 that was the one with samuel L. jackson and john goodman and tom hiddleston and brie larson uh, incidentally just rule of thumb if it's got brie larson in a white vest i'm watching the movie i'm sorry that's that's, that's I, 
I don't ever want to see the woman naked. I just agree Larson in a white vest. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's a kink. Don't kink shame me, man. That's the whole thing. Anyway, um, and then, of course, you've got Godzilla versus Kong in 2021, and I think we've got a sequel coming out next year, which is Godzilla and Kong, the new empire. Oh, good. But, I enjoyed that one. Yeah, but you've now got a TV series that takes place around this that d- details how Monarch, who are basically this universe's version of, like, S.H.I.E.L.D., how they discovered all these monsters and how they learnt all the things they learnt about these monsters and how certain characters, you know, started out. Things like One of the characters in the 1950s, for instance, is a young version of John Goodman. He's going to grow up to become John Goodman 20 years down the line. So we get his young adventures. It's really fun. Absolutely. Check out Monarch, and you will want to revisit Godzilla and King of the Monsters and Kong Skull Island, which is the best movie, and Godzilla vs. Kong and Godzilla and Kong, the new... You'll want to check it all out. And it's all called The Monsterverse. That's its And it's out now? It's out now. The the series is... I think they're airing it. I think there's only three or four episodes that have been aired so far. It's ten episodes. Apple were good enough to give me a link on their press portal, so it was all on there, and I'm like, oh, God, this is going to be a great Sunday, yeah! And I just lost the day. So, yeah, I also did For All Mankind while I was at it. But, yeah, Monarch, so good. It's on Apple TV+. Plus. Check this out. It's brilliant. It's genuinely brilliant. Every episode is just an amazing cliffhanger, and the creatures, the monsters in it, are just out of this world. Amazing. Okay. Well, um, now let's move on to our Christmas movie. It's December the 1st. I've been teasing this for the last <laughs> four hours. Um, Elf, 20th anniversary. We did just have the discussion before we started recording this little block. Um, it is the same movie. It's just in much better quality. Well, that's it. They've, they've kind of just remastered Elf for its 20th anniversary. I can't bloody believe it's been 20 years. I worked, I'm sure I worked at Blockbuster when this came out. And <laughs> I, it was the thing with it, it was an instant classic. We'll, we'll get to all of that. Let's just do the plot first. We'll have to do this like it's any other movie. We have to give it its due. Yeah. We have, to, we have to review it properly. So it is, of course, the 2003 Jean Favreau-directed uh, movie, an adaptation of the best-selling children's book and the story of Buddy the Elf, a human left, a human accidentally taken to the North Pole from an orphanage by Santa one Christmas Eve, who is then raised amongst the elves and in his adult years sets out for the mythical lost land of New York City to find his long lost father, who also, spoiler alert, is on the naughty list. Have a listen. This is Buddy the Elf after he's gotten a job in a department store toy section, learning that he's going to have a very special visitor the following day. Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Make work your favorite. That's your favorite, okay? Okay. Work is your new favorite. Fine. Sign for the announcement. Okay. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. Santa! Santa! That's, I mean, that is what everybody does whenever you mention the movie Elf, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. It's one of those films, isn't it, that everybody has their favourite moment from Elf. Everybody. No two people, I think, have the same moment. Which is, the, the, I mean, there's so many great... And my moments are always a little weird aside. Like, I love the world's best cup of coffee gag. In which, you know, just opens a diner door and says, You did it! World's best cup of coffee! Well done! It just carries on. (laughs) Because, for me, it so aptly demonstrates the one defining reason why the movie works, and that's Will Ferrell. 
Will Ferrell 100%. is one. He was born for this role. It's the perfect Will Ferrell movie. It's Jim Carrey in the mask. It's the perfect guy for the perfect project at the perfect moment that shows you the perfect amount of what this guy can do. And then you've got John Favreau behind the camera, who at this point really starts to cement himself. I mean, he directed obviously like Swingers and I think Made uh, before this, and was very much sort of setting himself up as a sort of indie guy. He was, I think, he was looking to go into that sort of Sundancey direction full time. But this started him on the commercial path. This gave him as he starts developing the more fantastical elements of this and blending things like animation in and things like that and getting to grips with visual, a practical visual effect this then leads him to you know Zathora and then most importantly launching the Marvel Cinematic Universe because he directed Iron Man of course and you can see the germs uh, the, the germ of what becomes Iron Man right here with the balance of tone and the the way that he, he can just mash up characters with completely different levels of seriousness all on the same wavelength. And it's really deftly handled. The the, the way the movie is staged, the production design of it, just the, the costume, the buddy costume. And, of course, just Will Ferrell at the centre of it all, just giving it a, a thousand percent full fuel, letter rip energy. And what's your favourite elf moment, Adam? Um, I would say, because uh, I something that made me chuckle unexpectedly mm. was, you know, when they're sat around the table and they're eating and, and he he's pouring the um, the syrup. <laughs> maple syrup. The maple syrup. syrup. Yeah, yeah, maple syrup. And it's just yeah. like, it's just small, something small like that. Just mm. like it caught me and it just made me chuckle. It just, it's complete innocence to the whole situation. It's just a great oh, yeah. movie. Oh, the elf scene with uh, Peter Dinklage. When he, when, he, when he calls Peter Dinklage, he mistakes Peter <laughs> Dinklage for an elf and gets the absolute crap <laughs> yes. kicked out of him. Oh, my God. This, this is the problem. See, I only saw the movie a day ago, and it is one of those movies that you can genuinely repeat and we watch over and over. My sister watches this movie may, must be a dozen times every Christmas. And I don't know if I ever told you this story. Years ago, I was visiting my sister one day, long before my nephew was born. And, you know, my sister was at that point just, you know, an adult married woman. And I noticed in her stairway one day on one of her DVD shelves, there was a shelf that was must have been a dozen copies of Elf on DVD. And, and different editions, like different covers, like different versions that they've released <laughs> over the years. Wow. And, uh, and I asked her, I was like, Maya, why do you have, why do you have like, you know, 13 copies of Elf? Like different copies. Of, and she, she responded with, Oh, sometimes I'm just out and I see a different version. I don't think I can find it at home. I think it's just I'll just buy another one rather than like rooting it out. Then people buy it. I mean, just it's just become a thing. I don't know if she still has the shelf. I'm going to have to ask her one of these days. But it is her favorite movie in the world ever. When my nephew was born, I literally sat there waiting for my Christmas morning, dressed head to toe in a Buddy the Elf costume, just waiting for my two-year-old nephew to show up. He couldn't believe his luck. He just thought it was the greatest day ever. Just He thought, he, but the last part, he's two years old, you don't even realise it's your uncle. He thought it was just that his mum had hired some cosplayer to just sit in on the family Christmas. But... Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. Well, at least we know who's buying all the DVDs these days. It's your sister. <laughs> it's my sister. That's going to be a global <laughs> shortage of 4K <laughs> UHD copies. Because this will now get released properly. This remastered version will go on 4K disc now as well. So yeah. I, I presume I presume they'll get that out just before Christmas because this is on limited re-release now. 
think you get like a week or two weeks. I'd imagine the disc will follow behind in the next couple of weeks, and, and that'll be out for Christmas. So do you know what? They might have actually solved my sister's crimbo prezi there. I mean, it's a good job that no family member I've ever had has ever listened to any of my work ever. You know, not to, <laughs> not, not to cry in public or anything like that, but it's done me a favour on this one occasion because at least now I know what to get her for Christmas. Booyah! Done. Okay. There so, you go. Another go and copy. See Elf, people. Yeah. Of Elf! <laughs> uh, but yes, if you want to see the uh, 20th edition Elf uh, in cinemas from today, and it's in 4K, and that's a great place to watch something like this in 4K is on a cinema screen, of course. I was saying, um, it's, you're going to get, uh, I don't think, you're just going to get a standard digital print in cinemas, but it's going to look a lot cleaner. But I say, you will get a 4K disc as well in a couple of weeks. Right, back. okay, got you. Yeah, of course. I, I forgot about that. Obviously, they're not um, 4K see, uh, screens, are they? Very often. Um, so you can go make your mind up and get festive and enjoy it and hopefully you've already seen it but if you haven't where the hell have you been for the past 20 years because you've missed out on a massive Christmas movie um, so let's talk about what we've got next week then uh, please don't destroy the treasure of Foggy Mountain I know naffle about this I'm not going to lie I, I did not look it up I do not know anything about it I'm just throwing my hands up I'm in a good mood because of Elf I got a date after this. I'm good. <laughs> well, we'll see what you thought of it next week. Even, we'll, we'll say I that. I can't even remember what. I have a date tonight. I can't even remember what movie I picked for the. Oh, the last voyage of the Demeter. That's what I'm watching tonight as a date with the new Dracula movie. That's it. Sorry. Um, we and we still don't know when we get to review that either because there's no UK release date for it. So yeah, cheers. Next cheers year. Next year, presumably. Uh, Next week, we've also got The Peasants. um, The Origin next week as well. An animated movie called The Inseparables, which looks like a cheap and cheerful, quite fun animated one. We'll see if we can get you a link. It might be fun for you to watch with uh, Albert, perhaps. I think, yeah, yeah might be, might be one. We, could, we could get our first review out of Albert. We've, we've been putting that off for a while, but uh, <laughs> he's five. You'll get about three words, and then the camera will get I, switched off. I, I, I have a nephew the same age, and trust me, when he was about two, we were getting full reviews out of him. I did, I did the Ugly Dolls <laughs> review with him. It was great. Um, but of course. <laughs> I think every child in Britain is going to have their eyes turned in a very specific direction uh, next week with the release of Wonka. Paul King, Paddington director Paul King's musical prequel to, you know, the Child and the Chocolate Factory story that's going to give us the origin story of Willy Wonka. Brought to the screen by Timothy Chalamet alongside Hugh Grant as an Lumpa, which that's got to be the reason to see it, surely. 100%. I mean, with names like that behind it, I've got yeah. very high hopes for that. So we'll see what you think of it once you've seen it next week. Um, so, yeah, that is all t- all we've got time for this week on Off Screen. Until next week, I've been Adam Ball. I've been Van Connor, and we shall return. <laughs> <laughs>